for every opportunity that has decreased, there is an equal or greater opportunity that is created. So what can you do? Become an opportunity-seeking machine. Stop to ask yourself if there's a shift going on that creates change. When there's a change, that means people need new solutions to whatever the change is. How can you be a part of monetizing one of those new solutions? Welcome, everybody, to The Chris Harder Show, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success, knowing that when good people like you make good money, they can then do great things. My name is Chris Harder, and several times per week, I will bring you epic guests, solo episodes, and every single tool, trick, and skill set you need to grow your business, grow your money mindset, and to grow your wealth to levels that you have never reached before. I've ended up in a unique place in life where I've got the experience, the connections, and all of the secrets that it takes to be successful. And I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Chris Harder Show. It's another Money Monday here where we absolutely believe that both prosperity and generosity can and must coexist. So today I want to talk about a lot of the fear mongering, or I should say financial fear-mongering that I see out there, whether it's TikTok, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Facebook, you know, everybody's sharing these articles that you actually have no idea where they come from. These, quote, news clips, where if you really take a look at the news clip, it's from like somebody's homemade studio and, you know, they're one of these online reporters. And, you know, the point is there's just so much financial fear-mongering right now that, I finally just had to do another episode on what you can do about it because most of it is just a bunch of empty words and baseless claims anyways. But one thing's for certain, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And the problem with this financial fear-mongering is it can really cause you to pause. It can really cause you to reduce your dreams. It can really cause you to think, oh, it's not worth the effort or dang it, I missed my chance or I'm not going to succeed or worse, it can really cause you to just totally collapse, to stop. And of course, we don't want that to happen to you. You deserve to thrive and you can thrive. I mean, first of all, if you look at today's society, today's opportunities compared to any other time in history, even with some financial headwinds, even with some economic headwinds, It is still the easiest, the best, the most abundant time to thrive that you could ever imagine. So let's talk a little bit. Let's dig into some of this financial fear mongering and find out what you can do about it. And let's start with why it's so dangerous, by the way. I want to start macro. And then we're going to kind of start, we'll work our way in micro. On the macro, all this financial fear mongering is dangerous because, well, we just saw it can cause runs on banks that are otherwise pretty stable. See, the problem with social media now is good news travels quick, bad news and fear travels exponentially quicker. So we can create these self-fulfilling prophecies by quickly spreading really bad news, even if it's not accurate or true. You see a couple of clips, you see a couple of videos, you see a a few of these, quote, experts sharing their opinion on it before you know, oh, my God, I better run down and get my money out of the bank. Oh, my God, I better sell all my stocks. 
oh my God, this particular stock sector is going to crash. I better, I better sell it all, even though it's at a loss. And then you end up making a really dumb or really bad financial move. Guys, we still live in a time of the greatest opportunity ever. It is not as bad as what people are, are painting the picture of out there. Now, the way that this fear-mongering creates real recessions, you know, people start talking about the stock market might collapse, people start talking about the banks might collapse, people start talking about the job sector, you name it. And then we end up as a nation or as a world creating real self-fulfilling prophecy recessions. Well, the same way that that happens, you can create your own personal recessions. Even if all the macroeconomics around you are still pretty damn healthy, you buy into enough of this, you see enough of this, you end up creating your own personal recession in the same way that on the macro scale, we end up creating nationwide recessions. It's because first we see the information, then that information causes us to take the wrong or lack of actions, and then we end up in a really tough spot. The worst part of it all is with even a little bit of this crossing your plate each day, it will cause you to lower your goals. It will cause you to lower your expectations. It will cause you to work a little less harder because you think, ah, what's the use? But the problem is none of this, lowering your goals, lowering your expectations, has ever been the solution. You know, when you start cutting back, cutting back, cutting back, pretty soon you run out of things to cut back. And then what? That's why that has never, ever been the solution. Now, we don't know what's coming. And yes, there are some factual headwinds, but there's always factual headwinds. Let me give you a really quick example. When the economy is bad, people say, oh, God, there's a recession. There's not enough opportunity to go around. But when an economy is really good, the same and equal headwind is that everybody is thriving and everybody has entered the market. Therefore, competition is steeper than ever. So you've got a competition headwind when markets are good and you got regular headwinds when the market's not. So no matter what, you've got headwinds. The playing field is always roughly the same. I heard a great analogy the other day. It was in a book and I can't remember which book it was. But the guy went on to say, you know, I, I look at recessions like I do football games. Most of the football games are played indoor or in really good weather. People don't really talk about those games. But the ones that are played in winter with blowing snow and blowing sleet and sideways rain and muddy fields and, and all of these, quote, problems, somebody still wins that game. At the end of the four quarters, somebody loses that game and somebody wins that game. So despite the sloppy field and, and the sideways rain and the really bad winds, win the game, damn it. Win the game. Now, here's what you can do to stay strong despite the fear-mongering that's going on out there. First, we know that for every bad piece of news or for every opportunity that has decreased, there is an equal or greater opportunity that is created. So what can you do? Become an opportunity-seeking machine. Stop to ask yourself if there's a shift going on that creates change. When there's a change, that means people need new solutions to whatever the change is. How can you be a part of monetizing one of those new solutions? The next thing you can do, if it's your first time going through economic uncertainty, it can be really scary. 
You know, my first time going through a real recession as an adult was 2008, 2009. Got our butts handed to us. And boy, trust me, there was a lot of fear-mongering going on then. I mean, think about it. It was the, the second worst, deepest financial recession that we've ever had in the history of the United States short of the Depression. So yeah, it was pretty rough. But guess what? It was nowhere near as rough as what everyone was making it out to be. I've got that benefit of hindsight now. The opportunity was way more than people let on to. So if it's your first time going through economic uncertainty, I know it can be scary. But there are so many people who have been through three or four or five down cycles who have come out not just fine on the other end, but even better, even richer. Borrow their examples. Have you ever Googled the incredible, iconic companies that were started in each recession? It would blow your mind. It's because when everyone else is panicking and pausing, the real smart ones, they look for the solutions. And it's those solutions that become iconic companies. You could be one of those solutions and one of those iconic companies that comes out of the shift. So borrow their examples. Another thing you can do is this, and and I really encourage you to do this. One of the ways to see through the fear-mongering is to ask yourself, hey, what are they trying to sell me by making me scared? What solution, what agenda are they trying to sell me by making me scared? I'm telling you, I see so much contradicting information out there, it's ridiculous. The the crypto boys out there will will have you convinced that the, the dollar is going to collapse and this is the time for crypto. The real estate boys out there will have you convinced that the stock market's going to crash and real estate's the only place to be. I'm telling you, the amount of conflicting information out there by the quote-unquote experts is ridiculous. You might have heard me do the He Said, She Said podcast with my wife where I recently had Dean Graciosi come speak at the Mastermind. And I asked him, I said, hey, man, everybody says we're facing a lot of financial and economic headwinds. You are personal friends with some of the greatest economists of our time, of our time. I said, what's your take on all this? He says, you know, interesting question. I was just with Charlie Munger the other day. Now, if you don't know, Charlie Munger is the other half of Berkshire Hathaway, one of the greatest investors and economists of our time. And he said he, Charlie Munger, had a certain opinion on what was coming. And then in the very same week, he had a conversation with Ray Dalio, another one of the greatest economists of our time, both multi, multi, multi billionaires, both very, very influential men. And he said, Ray Dalio, had the opposite take on what he thought was going to happen as what Charlie Munger just did. So how can this be? How can two of the world's greatest financial experts have opposite takes on what they think is going to happen, what they think the next shoe to drop is, what they think the answer is? It's because nobody knows. And not those two gentlemen, but all the other TikTokers and all the other Instagram experts and everybody else on there, they've got an agenda. They're trying to sell you their real estate course. They're trying to sell you their fund to invest in. They're trying to sell you their, their, their stock picking course. They're trying to sell you their, their what to do financially course. 
And I'm not faulting them. They're taking a look at what's going on in the world and seeing an opportunity. Hell, they even think that they're really helping, some of them. But at the core of it, when they amplify the financial fear, when they amplify the fear-mongering, it's because they have an agenda and they want to sell you something, even if it's well-intended. So the best thing you can do is ask yourself, what's someone trying to sell me here? What's the agenda? And you'll see right through the fear-mongering and realize it's really not very true. The next thing you can do is you can recognize and remember that you are a product of your own microeconomy, not necessarily the macroeconomy. Really good example of that is this. You need such a small, you know, less than 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% of the overall dollars trading hands in the economy to hit your personal financial goals, that it doesn't matter if the economy shrinks by 2%, 3%, 4%. You know, if we've got a $20 trillion economy and it shrinks by 5%, that now means we have a $19 trillion economy. Can you make enough sales out of $19 trillion trading hands if you got to make 250 grand this year, <laughs> 500 grand this year, a million bucks this year? Of course, there's more than enough to go around. You're a product of your own microeconomy, not necessarily the macroeconomy. Good example of, of just how small of a piece of the pie you need to, to hit your goals. I did a roundtable two-day strategy session this week. Awesome people attended, by the way. I loved them. It was more successful than I expected. And I was working with one of the, the couples in there. They own a gym, super awesome couple. And they were reluctant to raise their rates at their gym. They were afraid that there weren't enough people in town that would be okay with it. I said, how many members do you really need to hit your goals? Well, they cap out around 450 members. Okay, how many gym goers are there in your community? And this is a kind of a bougie upscale community. They said, probably 200,000. I said, okay, drew a big circle on the whiteboard. I want you to take this marker and I want you to, in this circle, try and shade in the part that you think represents the 450 members you need out of 200,000 gym goers just in your community. Now he goes up there and he draws this tiny little dot, tiny little sliver in the circle. I mean, if we're talking 99.9% .9 white space and then just this little bit of color that represented the, the customers they needed. And then it quickly sank in. You're just a product of your own micro needs, your own micro economy. The macro can kind of help you sometimes. The macro can maybe make it a little bit more difficult sometimes. But everything you need is still totally available to you. And the last thing you can do is this. Remember, the one thing we know for sure, lowering goals and lowering expectations has never been the solution. Instead, getting bigger than the challenge, or as Lori and I always put it, getting bigger than the problem, that has always been the solution. Hey, listen, if you guys want to ask me your own financial questions, if you want to ask me about your financial fears, if you want to ask me about your financial situations or even your business situations live on this podcast, you can do that now. All you got to do is go to chrisharder.me forward slash ask, A-S-K, chrisharder.me forward slash ask. It's really cool. You get to record yourself with or without video asking your question. 
and then we'll play it on the show and I will answer it live and I'll even give you a shout out. Bonus if you leave your Instagram handle, I'll, I'll grow your Instagram for you. So ask me your questions, finances, business, all the above. I freaking love when you guys reach out. Let's do it live on the show together. Let's get you on the episode. Go to chrisharder.me forward slash ask and I can't wait to see whose questions I get to answer. Thanks for listening. You know, I always love and appreciate you. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.